time to go inside the three. A product of JJM Media and produced by Anchor and Spotify Podcasts, our three analysts cover the latest news and games regarding the NFL and football in general. This podcast is not affiliated with the NFL in any form and should not be reproduced in any form without the expressed written approval from JJM Media. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is going on, guys? Merry Christmas to all. Joining you inside the three, it is me, JT, hosting this week. Jake and Mark checking in with you guys for this week. And guys, like I said before, Merry, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. And guys, a little bit of a gift for everybody coming in with you guys from inside the three. Guys, we are recording on December 24th right now. It's about 1230 in the morning. And guys, we got a little gift for you guys. We're doing back-to-back episodes here. This is episode one of two. Oh, guys, how are we feeling? Double upload. Merry Christmas to you guys, by the way. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well. And... Oh boy, I'm feeling jollier than ever knowing that we're doing two straight episodes. I'm not so jolly about what Mark's about to say to us, but we'll get that get to that a little bit later. I feel that, man. I feel that. Mark, how you feeling, man? I I can hear the whip all the way from uh, all the way from Jersey. No, yeah, no. Um listen, we're going to be tempered today. Uh wish everyone out there Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year's. Glad to have everybody been aboard for us with us excuse me for these two months so far it's been an absolute blast being able to come in here and talk football with you guys uh got a two-for-one fire sale this week with the uh, ncaa and nfl so i uh got a lot planned it's going to be exciting like opening christmas presents can't wait definitely definitely guys and as we just stated guys we did we are separating guys we're doing nfl first we're going to do ncaa second obviously guys i'm taking host for nfl Oh, for the first episode, Jake's going to be taking the second one. A little bit of a uh, spoiler, if you will, or just a heads up for what's to come for you guys. But, however, guys, going to go ahead. Let's start off with a segment that's brand new for us. We weren't actually supposed to have a talking point this week, to be honest with you, simply because of the fact that there weren't really any games. But, guys, we said it before in the podcast. Guys, if you ever have a question for us, feel free to ask us away, you know, Twitter, email, Facebook, whatever it may be. We'll get you in on the next podcast. And guys, this week we get a very first question. And honestly, it was a question that we were afraid to be asking. And Mark, I'm going to start off with you. The question goes like this. comes from um, Clifford Ritchie. Appreciate it, Clifford. And it's going to be this one. And it's one that I think me and Jake are tempted for this one. So Mark, like I said, you're going to kick it off. It's do you think the Steelers are for real? Oh, we all know the defense is. But what about that offense? Mark. Me and Jake are prepared. We're biting the a belt. Hit us with it, man. Go for it. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, first of all, Clifford, thanks for the question. Thanks for tuning in as well. Love a, uh, getting to hear from our viewers. Listen, I ran some stats for everybody here. I ran a total of all 14 games that were played so far that Pittsburgh has played. I found some really interesting stats. Just to touch on the Pittsburgh defense right now. They were, t- they were top three in the NFL for all 14 games this year. And they're only allowing 18.85 on average points per game with 17 intersections, eight fumble recoveries, and three touchdowns. This is a defense that you should be scared when you're facing. That being said, with some significant injuries that they now have with Cincinnati after they just lost to, there's going to be a little bit more of a question. Anyways, going to Pittsburgh's offense, let me touch on a couple points that I found when I was running these numbers. In the 14 games that Pittsburgh has played this year, Nine teams were 500 and below. Pittsburgh won seven of those games and has two losses. Those two losses came to Washington and Cincinnati. Then in the other five games who were .501 and above, Pittsburgh has four wins and one loss. The one loss is Buffalo. In the 14 games that Pittsburgh has gone above average points per game, which is 26 if you look at the four quarters worth of play, and how everything averages out, Pittsburgh typically will score 26 points per game. They have done that in nine games. While in five games, Pittsburgh has scored 25 points or fewer. And it's interesting, in those five games, all three of their losses fall under that category, where Pittsburgh scored 17 twice against Washington and Cincinnati, and only putting up 15 against Buffalo. Now, of those three losses, only one was an above 500 team, 
in Buffalo, where the other two were below 500 in Washington at Cincinnati. For me, this goes to show as we look at this whole as the Pittsburgh schedule as a whole, they have played more teams that are below the 500 mark. And they're just averaging competition right now of 0.787, which is literally just above the 500. If we look at everything as a whole, lower competition, and they're inconsistent across, you have zero point quarters. Pittsburgh has 10 quarters worth of zero points offense. Now, that doesn't mean to say they can't go up and boom and throw the ball. They have 21 quarters where they put up eight or more points. Pittsburgh's offense is very, very unique. And when it gets hot and they're hot and they're running and everything's working well and they're playing smart, consistent football, they're a team you should not want to face. However, when you have games that whether a COVID affected, like the Washington game, the Baltimore game, the Tennessee game, all those factors coming into a lack of rest, players not being healthy, stuff like that, and you have inconsistency in play where you're like, okay, I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm Big Ben Roethlisberger, I'm Juju Smith-Schuster dancing on logos and stuff like that, where you're being cocky and arrogant and you're overshowing and you think, oh, you can just show up and automatically win the game. That's where Pittsburgh's having trouble. Prime example was at Cincinnati last week losing. Listen, I could go on about these stats, but this has been really interesting breaking down these stats. I would highly encourage you guys out there, listeners, going down and looking at these stats and breaking this stuff down. um, Because if you do this compared to the Cleveland Browns, you're going to find some shocking information out there. Jake, I'm going to send it over to you, brother. Well, I didn't come in, you know, with big stat lines like that. I was actually anticipating something a little bit harsher. So, Mark, I I thank you for taking it lightly. Um, You know, I I look at this Pittsburgh Steelers team and, you know, I kind of found it really odd that we started off the year 11 and 0. Um, But I think we've been exposed. And listen, there are some cases where, you know, in in the case of Devin Bush and Bud Dupree, Okay, we never thought that could happen. You know, two torn ACLs to our top two linebackers. No one would have thought that. Then you have COVID that hits, and obviously some people took a hit. Obviously, James Conner had to have his yearly uh, um, his yearly trip to the injured list, and I'm, that, that's not with him having COVID. That's with his uh, – I think it was his quad strain this past week, which I think is limiting him this week as well. Um, then Ben, he's changed a little bit. His revenge tours suddenly became to a point where Ben is afraid to throw. Um, And I think it's because the defense has finally figured it out. Like once they apply pressure, then Ben is forced to throw. He's forced to get it out quickly and make a bad pass because he's afraid of getting hurt. We saw in the Dallas game, he landed on his elbow a little bit funny, not to the point where it really hurt him, but he still got hurt nonetheless. So these defenses are starting to pick apart the Steelers. And the fact that our offense is starting to crumble right now, I'm going to say it. I don't think they're for real. I think this is probably the biggest joke team to start off 11 and 0. Guys, listen, I know I vouched for the Washington football team for how many weeks? I, I think at this point I should have an Alex Smith tattoo on my back. But right now, I mean, I kind of figured that's when the cogs would start to, you know, would, would start to get jammed. And then we lost to the Bills. I kind of figured we'd lose to them. You know, I mean, the, the Buffalo Bills are just an absolute. buzzsaw of a team i mean josh allen is playing mvp levels he's got stefan diggs we knew once he came in he'd be good dawson knox in my opinion is probably one of the most underrated tight ends in the league and then last week we played the Bengals, and this is what really solidified my opinion that the steelers are an absolute fraud we got beat by ryan finley ryan finley i want you to think about that this dude wasn't joe burrow this dude wasn't the number one pick coming out of LSU after a national winning, you know, championship winning team. This dude is a, is, is a guy who was playing second fiddle to an incoming rookie. And I think he's got more NFL experience than pretty much anyone in the AFC North other than Big Ben. And we got beat by him. We got beat by Giovanni Bernard, a second string running back. We got picked apart by the Bengals defense, which is one of probably the worst in the league. This team is not here for real. I'm sorry. There, we we are so focused on, you know, be building a a positive environment and building clout for the team that we're not focused on performance. Juju's really proven that. And I'm sorry, everyone on Twitter is saying be, dancing on the midfield logo doesn't make you lose games. 
No, but it pisses off your opponents just enough in order for you to lose. You guys are getting in your heads. Your sphincters tighten up whenever you see any ounce of fire in the other team. And I think it's proven. And it was solidified and put in stone when we played the Bengals. Now, guys, I don't know how you feel, but I think if Burrow was there and we got beat by Joe Burrow, I think it'd be a different story. I really do. And if we were at least, if we had Bud Dupree back at least, or even Vince Williams or Spillane, it'd be a different story. Yeah, injuries hit hurt us, but at the same time, I don't think we're, a, we are not, we should not be this good. We should not have clinched a playoff berth yet. That, that's my opinion. This team should have had their playoff berth in the last week of the season. It should have came down to a make or break moment, not defined how many times before. Right now, you know, I'd say this, so many people are saying that the Browns, need to be beaten. Why? They played more competition than the Steelers had and they in my opinion they deserve the top seed in the AFC North more than more than the Steelers do. The Steelers deserve a wild card spot. We are exposed. We are a terrible team. We have no, you know, coaching. Randy Feetner is still part of the team and that should speak levels in of itself. People also blame Tomlin not corralling Juju at the right time, letting Feetner take the keys to the offense. Yes, in a way, I agree with that. But at the same time, you can't just blame one person. This organization is a goddamn mess. So, Cliff, I love you. I respect you. You and I have been friends for how long? We were, went to high school together, and, you know, we talk sports a lot. And, but I have to say this. The Steelers are not for real. If, you know, if it was just a fluke that we lost to Washington, and if we put up some semblance of a fight to Buffalo – you, my answer might be different, but the loss against the Bengals really showed me that we are just not there. We are not ready. We are not a playoff team and we are not a championship team. So no, the Steelers are not for real and they most likely won't be for a few years. We still are plenty of assets away from any aspirations of a title. We need a good wide receiver. We need to establish a good run game. We need to toss Randy Feetner into the Allegheny River and we need to get healthy on defense again. Hard defense is fine, but we just need to stay healthy. So no, the Steelers are not a, you know, they're not the real deal. They're not ready to take that next step. I, my vote would go to the Browns any day before the Steelers. JT, I know that probably pains you, but it, it's, it's sad to say, and it's come to it. It's sad to say, and uh, it, it hurts to hear. And I guess this is kind of where I come in for this one. Um, For me, it's simple. Um, and, and this is tough for me to say, like, I'm not saying that Pittsburgh for me, it, it's like this. Any team in the NFL has a fighting chance. I mean, obviously last week I said that Pittsburgh was going to run over, um, run over Cincinnati, but apparently they were a lot more beat up than we thought they were now, obviously with COVID games and everything like that, you, you got to get pissed off a little bit. If you're a Steelers fan over that stuff, because it keeps happening to us. I see. We we seem to be the only team where our games are getting pissed or getting pushed back. Heck, and should some of these games have happened, the Tennessee game, I think it should have because that's definitely a primetime game. Should the Baltimore game have got happened? Personally, I don't think so, simply because of the fact that how many times did that game get pushed back? I'm also going to say it like this. is Do I think a lot of the calls have gone Pittsburgh's way? Like a lot of penalty calls. Also, non-penalty calls. For example, two weeks ago with Washington and Alex Smith and, you know, that field goal that, in my opinion, in where he took the ball off the field, do I think that should have gotten off? Absolutely not. Right, do I think there was a passer interference call against Chase Claypool well, in the final minutes of the Bengals game? And that could have probably put the Steelers in Bengals territory and in position to tie up the game? Absolutely, I do. I 1,000% agree with that. But here's my thing and this is where i'm gonna call out a couple people i'm gonna start off with juju oh listen juju has been a disappointment and this was when and this has been building up for a while for a lot of people because of the fact that pittsburgh fans have been waiting for juju to break out he broke out when ab was on the team and we're still waiting for him to do it again do I think that Pittsburgh needs to draft a wide receiver this is uh 
this offseason in the NFL draft? Absolutely. Do we have to go after a wide receiver? A thousand percent. This wide receiver core is a young wide receiver core, and we need to honestly, we need to get a veteran presence to get these guys going. We thought it was going to be Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron's been all right, but he's also been more of a problem for us than he has anything else. And how can I put this? It's lightly. I know a lot of Pittsburgh fans will disagree with me, but I don't think Ben is the problem. Um, Last week was probably his worst game, in my opinion. And that, again, that's just me. I think last week was his worst game because he only threw 170 yards or it's 20 for 38. But the thing is, y- you look at most of Ben's throws, the reason most of them are incompletions are because a lot of them are drops. I mean, our best wide receiver last week was Deontay Johnson. Eight receptions, 59 yards, one touchdown. Normally, we're used to seeing Pittsburgh actually having like three guys with 10 receptions in, in close to 100 yards. We didn't see that. We saw that in the first 11 weeks. weeks but that's been diminishing as of late. Could it be fatigue? Absolutely. And that's the other thing I want to touch on. The, the Pittsburgh defense is, in my opinion, I think is the best defense in the NFL. Hands down. That's not even coming as a fan. And I think Pittsburgh has one of the best defenses in the NFL. Are they killed by injuries? Absolutely. But here's my thing. And, and it gets brought up so many times. That defense is left out on the field so many times, times or so long that they get fatigued. And you can't do that to a defense. Hence, or else cracks start to burn. And it happens in the second half. It happened all game against Cincinnati. So right now, oh, if you're a Pittsburgh fan right now, you need to start paying attention to that Cleveland schedule because right now Cleveland has New York in terms of the Jets next week, or this week, I should say, and then you face the Steelers. For Pittsburgh, we have a, a Indianapolis team that's coming in pissed off that hasn't even clinched the playoff spot yet from what I know. Oh, and honestly, they're looking to clinch a playoff spot against us. Us. And for Indianapolis, they're the sixth seed right now. Oh, right now we're playing like we have nothing to lose. We have everything to lose. We could easily lose home field advantage. And we're acting like we don't give a shit. Personally, I'm going to say it like this. Is we need to shake off those three losses. Isn't I'm saying it. It, this time I'm saying it as a Pittsburgh fan. We need to shake off those three losses. Because if we come into a playoff atmosphere like this, like imagine going into Kansas City. Imagine going into Buffalo with the attitude that we're playing with right now. I'm going to say it straight up. We're going to get our asses kicked. So honestly, it, it's it's ridiculous and it's tough to say and it's tough to see as a fan. But honestly, to answer the question, and do I think Pittsburgh's for real? I think when they want to be. When they actually want to be taken seriously, they are probably one of the best teams in the NFL. Oh, and when healthy. The defense, I think, again, is a top defense in the league. I think it's best in the NFL. Do I think the offense is for real? Honestly, once we find our hands. and Because that's been our problem all year. So, all right, guys. So, like I said, and that does it for our... Our one question, guys, if you want to be featured on the next episode, guys, we'll be posting about oh, leaving your comments and everything like that. If you guys got questions for us, again, IT3Show on Twitter or Facebook, email, whatever you can find us on. Guys, you got a question, answer it. You will be featured on the next episode. Oh, guys, now with that one out of the way and me and Jake, honestly, almost on our knees, almost in anger and tears and whatever you want to call it, guys. Let's get to the lighter side of things, guys. It's Christmas week. And what Christmas wouldn't be without a game game of NFL or two? And, guys, that's exactly what we got this week. We got a Christmas Day game for you guys coming at you hot and ready. And, guys, I think it's going to be one of the most underrated games of this week. And, honestly, I'm glad we get to pick it. Guys, we're going out to New Orleans. This is going to be the Vikings and Saints going at it. It, Jake, just kick it off with you man and christmas day a little bit of a christmas present for all of us from the nfl who you got man 
Well, I wouldn't necessarily say anything with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings is, a, is anything near Christmas present, but either way, I mean, you mentioned we get football on Christmas Day. Like, you open presents, have your breakfast, say your prayers, and you got football. Um, and honestly, I, th- I look at this as a good game. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings, if I'm not mistaken, just came off a win. I have to look at that. I haven't checked that. They're 6-8. and eight. They're third in their conference or third in their division. Um, let me look here. No, they, they lost, lost to the, the Bears, Bears last week. Yeah, they lost to the Bears. Then they lost to the Buccaneers. Um, but they beat the Jaguars and they beat the Panthers. They beat the Bears before. Um, the only real competition that they had success against was the Packers back a few weeks ago. Um, so I look at this. I think this is a good opportunity for the Saints, really. Um, I mean, they're playing... They're, they're the only game of the day. So, I mean, they really have nothing to uh, sweat. They're going to be nationally broadcast, I would assume. And then I'm trying to see, do they clinch anything for the playoffs yet? Um, let me look. Let me look, let me look. Yes, they clinched a playoff berth, but they're still in contention for the Buccaneers for the um, NFC South uh, right now, I seriously think this could be a good thing for the Saints, um, especially with Drew Brees back. Although I hate to say it, I loved seeing Taysom Hill under center. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but I absolutely loved watching him under center. Um, but nonetheless, the Saints, they're coming off two straight losses. But, 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 before you see that and start, you know, gasping for air, let's look at this. They only lost by three to the one loss Kansas City Chiefs. That's fine. They barely lost to the Eagles, who operated with a new quarterback. Jalen Hurts has been proving himself worthy of the starting spot. I mean, he came close to the Cardinals, and then he beat the Saints. So if, if you look at their past, their past two losses, they're somewhat viable. Like, I wouldn't be too upset with them. Before that, they were on a tear, absolute tear. And they beat the Buccaneers once. Well, they beat them twice, so I'm not sure how they are still in contention with them but either way um i look at this as an opportunity for new orleans to, to you know get back on their winning streak or when they're winning ways i should say they have two games left in the regular season the last one's against the panthers so i think this is a prime opportunity for breeze to really state that he's good enough to take them into the um into the postseason have a successful run alvin Kamara has been cold recently and that scares me but I think this is also a good opportunity or a good opportunity for him to come back, give the Saints a little bit of a Christmas gift in bringing back the rushing yards, bringing back the absolute madhouse. And I'm not just saying this because I'm in the championship in my one fantasy league for money and he's my starting running back. So, but that's just a, that's just a side side hustle. Um, but it, when it all comes down to it, I got the Saints winning this one. Yeah. You could invite that. You could vote for the Vikes. You know, they come alive whenever they face tough competition, but Saints are still playing for something. They're still looking to clinch that division. I think they will if they win this week. So give me the Saints in this one. I'm going to say they win by double digits. All right, there we go. That Mark, going to flip it over to you, man. Same opinion, something different. What are we feeling, man? I agree taking the Saints as well. Listen, the Saints are the fifth-ranked defense. Minnesota's number 25, if I remember correctly. Listen, we Jake referenced the Green Bay game earlier where Minnesota just absolutely showed up at Green Bay at Lambeau Field and, and took it to Green Bay, just ran the ball right up the gut. But yet you, you, you had the Dallas Cowboys come into your stadium, the Dallas Cowboys, and they beat you at your own stadium? Listen, the Minnesota Vikings have been very inconsistent, which is touched on with a lot of teams as well. But to have a matchup like this, you have the Saints close to postseason football getting in the playoffs. You have the Vikings who are right now still behind the Bears and the Packers. And the Saints right now, compared to Minnesota, are playing more consistent. And one thing you never do is you bet against Drew Brees and the Saints at home. You always go with them. Don't go against them. For that case, I'm taking the Saints this weekend over the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, it's going to be um, – for me, it, it's the same thing. Like you guys said, Saints still – honestly, the Saints are looking to clinch that playoff berth or more or less that second seed, really, if you think about it, because uh, Green Bay right now is the top seed. And I believe Green Bay and Min- 
and New Orleans already faced off this year. Or if I'm right, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure they did. I'm just looking back at my notes. Uh, yeah, I'm not catching anything right. Oh, no, wait, they did. They did, and they lost. So right now, Green Bay is in the driver's seat with that uh, one seed. And um, my thing is this, though. Oh, uh, Tampa Bay has as <laughs> Tampa Bay has Detroit this week, and then Tampa Bay winds up facing Atlanta, who can never seem to take the lead against Tom Brady for too long, on or blow the lead, I should say. But that's a that that's a story for a different day. Um, I'm gonna say it like this: it, it's no, it, it's nothing in the back of my mind that Tampa Bay is gonna beat Detroit. But then again, we said that against. With Pittsburgh and Cincinnati last week, but my thing is this: is uh, New Orleans needs to win this game simply because of the fact that they want to get away from the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So honestly, I'm gonna say it like this: I think the Saints go ahead. They they get it done against Minnesota, but it's gonna be closer than what we think because for whatever reason, Minnesota is just and again, this is gonna be a term that I bring up a lot. Uh, Minnesota is going to go ahead. They're going to be one of those spoiler teams, pretty much come in hot team and everything like that and just ruin someone's day, ruin someone's chances and everything. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Saints in this one. So, all right, guys. And then we talk it over to some Saturday night football guys. And we, we, we got a doozy for you on this one, guys. I, I had a couple of games to pick from San Francisco, Arizona, uh, Tampa Bay and Detroit, but honestly, out of the three games that we have for Saturday, I had to go with the primetime game. I had to go with the 8-15 game, game, guys. Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders playing in Vegas to take on Tua and the new, and I'm going to say it like this, the new life Miami Dolphins. And simply because of the fact that ever since Tua's taken over behind center, this has looked like a completely different Miami team. Team. However, again, I talk about it all the time. Spoiler teams. The Raiders over the years have been a spoiler team. Jake, do the Raiders play spoiler this week, or does Tua keep his calm and just keep this Miami team rolling? Oh boy. Well, you know what they say. Once you're hot, you're hot. Uh, they, like it's got to take a miracle for the Raiders to, um, to to really trounce the Dolphins in their you know hot streak. Tua's looked great under center. He doesn't try to be flashy. He does what he needs to do. Um, and they got a team full of essentially fantastic nobodies. And I don't say that with any disrespect. I mean, you know, you coming into the season, you look at their death chart, you look at them and go, who the hell are these dudes other than Fitzmagic, uh, Tua, and maybe Miles Gaskin? You look at them and go, who the fuck are these guys? But they've come out and they've looked like an absolute unit. And I think it's, be- I think they're the bad news bears. They were once bad. Now all of a sudden they're one of the better teams. Um, so, and, and then they're playing in prime time. The dolphins don't really get that too often. The Vegas Raiders here and there, they get a good opportunity. Dolphins are going to take every opportunity they can that's handed to them this season. I mean, right now they are looking pretty good. They're in the seventh seed right now for the playoff spot. And I think if they win, they solidify, wait, they win wins tie break over Baltimore. So they, they have a tiebreaker over Baltimore right now, best win percentage in conference games. Um, so either way, they're just going to keep adding to that. They're the seventh seed right now. Um, it's that last seed that they have, so they need to keep winning. So I think with the momentum they have and knowing where they are in the playoff race, I think Miami has a good shot at winning this game. So give me the fins in this one. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a close game. Um, especially if the Derek Carr comes up to, you know, Derek Carr comes up to play like he, uh, has before. I'm going to say the dolphins do win this no matter what though. All right, Mark, I'm going to give it to you, man. And I know how much you love the Dolphins. And honestly, we know how much one guy that we know loves the Raiders. Which fan base are you going to piss off? Uh, yes, interesting question. Listen, the Dolphins have done some extremely monumental work this season. Tua comes in his first game, right? And he beats... The L.A. Rams. I mean, this is the Rams who, granted, lost to the 49ers twice, and then the Rams got and lose to the Jets next the uh, last week. But the Dolphins, they have done some excellent work. Flo uh, down there, the head coach, has done some amazing work with talent down there. It's, it's amazing. 
Listen, the Raiders, if they were starting Marcus Mariota instead of Derek Carr this week, I would seriously consider them as the team I would pick. But let's face it, the Oakland Raiders, or not the Oakland Raiders, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders, had the 32nd-ranked defense in the NFL. And that's not going to get it done against the Dolphins. I am taking the Dolphins in this win over the Raiders. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And honestly, I'm going to say it like this. Is and th- this is just me. E, listen, let me tell you guys something. Tua is one thirty four and two ten over the past couple weeks that he started with nine in, or with nine touchdowns and two interceptions, in and over fourteen, in nearly fourteen hundred yards. Let me tell you something. Tua is actually looking like a guy who should be starting. He should have been starting since week one. And Mark, I gotta agree with you. If Mariota's behind center, I think this is a completely different game. Honestly, I, I don't know why Marcus Mariota isn't starting more often for the or for the uh, Vegas Raiders. I mean, he, he just looks more confident behind center nowadays. He's, honestly, Raider fans, you you got to hope that Mariota gets some snaps absent under center. And honestly, if worst-case scenario, if you lose this week and you're out next week, Start him against Denver. See what you have to look for in the offseason. Hey, I mean, is Denver going to be starting their starters? Maybe. Is it Denver? Yes, yeah, Denver. Or, but honestly, take a look at what you got. Because honestly, I think Mariota can shock a lot of people, but it, it's Derek Carr behind center. And I honestly, I don't trust Derek Carr that much, much to get it done against the Dolphins. And really, one thing that stood up, stood out about the Dolphins is that defense. They've played unbelievable. I mean, let's look at it like this. The Dolphins, they beat the Jets, shut them down. They they gave up a combined 10 points against the Jets and the Bengals. Lost to the Broncos. But I believe if I'm right, I think Fitzmagic was starting. Yep, Fitzpatrick was starting that game, and then Tua came in, and Tua can only do so much. But then they kept it close against the Chiefs, and then they beat the Patriots, who the Dolphins have notoriously struggled against. So honestly, I'm going to say it like this. Prime time under the lights, I think Miami's going to take every advantage that they can at this moment, and I think that Miami goes ahead and they get it done against a very, very game in Las Vegas Raiders team. So, all right, guys, so that's enough of the two non-Sunday games we got. And guys... Ice, let's hop into Sunday, and if we didn't talk about the Steelers enough, and if we didn't get our asses kicked enough by Mark, Jake, we're about to get our asses kicked a little bit more, Or, but I'm going to wait to let Mark off the chain on this one because it's Indianapolis against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Indy has their spot. Pittsburgh, or Indy does not have their spot. Excuse me. Pittsburgh's waiting in on the outside looking in at that three spot. Uh, and you got to remember, Cleveland circling. They got the Jets this week. E, Jake, lay it on me. What do you got? Yeah, um, we're still going to get our asses kicked. Like, there is no saving this season right now. Um, the Colts look more of a complete team. Um, yes, buy into the media uh, media fodder that Juju is done dancing on midfield. Listen, listen I don't care. Listen, that's out the window right now. When you have a quarterback that's afraid to throw – when you have a running game that isn't, you know, completely there, when you have a, a staggered defense, granted, we get Vince Williams back this week, but he isn't Devin Bush. He's not Bud Dupree. It, it's just a filler. We're not okay. The Indianapolis Colts are fine. Like, they still have something to play for. Like, yes, the Steelers still have the, you know, they're still playing for the AFC North crown, but the Colts are essentially playing to clinch that spot. They need this win. And to go up against a, you know, a Steelers team that has two injured legs and can't really walk. Like this is where you capitalize on it. Phillip rivers sees blood in the water, smells blood in the water. He knows what's coming. And this, I think the Steelers do too. I think they know that they're backed into the corner in the NFL right now. And I think they know that they're getting exposed. And the whole fact that last week, it just goes back to the whole fact that we lost to the damn Bengals. That should spell right there that you are not a good team. You are not ready to succeed. Give me the Indianapolis Colts. All right, Mark. I, I, 
I, I, I'm hesitant to turn it over to you, but I got to turn it over to you, man. And hit us with it. I know what's coming. Listen, I'm, I'm not really too keen on throwing a fire sale on Pittsburgh. Listen, for the games that Pittsburgh has played so far, Pittsburgh has played in the AFC South. They've played everyone else besides Indianapolis up to this point in the season. They've played the Titans, they've played the Texans, and they played the Jags. The Jags, we can write off. Yes, they should beat them. Although, like we just stated before, the LA Rams should have beat the Jets, and they didn't do that. Or like the San Francisco 49ers should have beat the Dallas Cowboys, but they didn't do that. Anyways, moving on. Um, Listen, this is a game that is very winnable for Pittsburgh. However, I must state this. We can't state this enough. Pittsburgh needed to come out of last week's game, like I said, having been able to put together drive-by-drive, quarter-by-quarter, and not sustain any major injuries. They failed on all three of those bullet points. Phillip Rivers, everyone thought, was going to be washed up after he was leaving San Diego. Nobody thought he was going to come anywhere and actually show up and have a team that would work around him. Indianapolis has successfully done that. And, I mean, you don't have Mac, like I said before, he's not there in your backfield. That is a huge weapon not there in that backfield for Indianapolis. Believe it or not, I got a feeling this game is going to go in overtime. And I'm taking Pittsburgh in the overtime win here by a field goal. Oh, man, and he does it to me. Um, Listen, for me, it's simple. My, my question is going to be, how in the hell does Pittsburgh do at covering T.Y. Hilton? That's going to be my factor. Sure. Obviously, it's probably going to be Joe Hayden on, on T.Y. Hilton. However, I wouldn't be surprised if Tomlin makes the adjustment to put – um. oh, man. I, I, I don't know. This is going to go ahead. This is going to – this is gonna kill me because I'm I'm struggling on this one, and simply because of the fact that I don't know how Ty Hilton's gonna get covered, and I feel like Ty is gonna have a good game, but it's all gonna come down to who gets covered the most, if that makes sense, and really if Philip Rivers can find a second option. I I Mark, I agree with you. I I do believe that this game goes into overtime, and there's something in the back of my head that's telling me that this game is gonna end in a tie. I don't know why. I. Don't ask me. Pittsburgh's been struggling, and I don't know if that's going to light a fire under their belt because I know it's definitely lit a fire under the uh, belly of Mike Tomlin. But really, my question is just, which Indianapolis are we going to get this week? Are we going to get the team that's dropped 26 and 27 points and barely beaten the Texans? Or are we going to get the uh, Indianapolis team that beat the Raiders? There's 44 to 27. So I'm hesitant on this one. I, I really am. And my pick might change. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I'm going with Pittsburgh on this one. I know it takes a lot of go to do that. I'm going with Pittsburgh or simply because of the fact that I want to see how this defense plays. And I feel like for whatever reason, and Tomlin's going to be pissed off and somebody's going to actually step up and Pittsburgh's got to show Oh, that they have some sort of life going into this game and going into the playoffs. Oh, and plus that, they have to have that sense of urgency that Cleveland is facing the Jets. Give or take, the Jets just beat the freaking in Rams last week and now lost Trevor Lawrence or the first overall pick. So, uh, I got to go. With, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh for now, but keep an eye on our Facebook page and our Instagram and all that stuff, guys. Or not our Instagram. We might get that up soon. Our Facebook and our Twitter, I might change my pick. But right now, it's Pittsburgh and a tie. So, I'm going with that, man. And, all right, guys. Now, getting off of Pittsburgh, let's go to a game that's going to be meaningful to a lot of our NFC uh, West fans. Guys, guys, talking about a division that's not clinched. This is a game that, honestly, if it's played next week, could be prime time. I am guys. We're talking Rams, Seahawks. This game is gonna go ahead. It's gonna be in loss or no? It's gonna be at the twelfth man, guys. Jake, I'll kick it off to you. Does Russell Wilson pull a rabbit out of his hat, or do the Rams go ahead and they tie up the division? 
I think Russell Wilson's going to pull a rabbit out of his hat. I mean, you look at the Rams, they just lost to the New York Jets, so obviously their heads are a bit they're, – they're losing it. Um, so I think the Rams, you're going to see a steady decline here. They win the tiebreaker over Tampa Bay just because of their head-to-head win percentage, but I think that's just going to be irrelevant at this point. Um, you got the Cardinals on the outside looking in. They go up against a very, a very favorable matchup against San Francisco. God love it in fucking – Amazon Prime Video. Who would have known? That's where we're going to watch fucking NFL this season. But um, they play on Saturday. I think Arizona is going to pick up that win. Um, along with that, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let me see who they play this week. They play the Detroit Lions. They're another Saturday game. So I think Tampa Bay is going to steamroll the Lions in that one. I think they're going to win that, move up a, move up a spot. Um, and... Um, the Arizona Cardinals, I think they're going to move up as well. Um, the only really bad spot here is that the Los Angeles Rams probably could only get the seventh seed. And that's by a miracle if the Chicago Bears, you know, don't win out. But um, I, I seriously think the Seattle Seahawks, I think they're going to move in. I think they're going to clinch the division. I think they're going to win this game this week due to the Rams just absolutely, you know, still reeling from that loss against the winless Jets. Well, now they have a win. So give me the Seattle Seahawks. All right, Mark, do you have a similar opinion, man? Or do you think that that Seattle is just going to go ahead and just feed off the somewhat struggling corpse of the Los Angeles Rams? There's a couple of things that I want to start to preface before getting into my selection. If you take a look at the LA Rams and you take a look at Pittsburgh, they're two teams that are in very similar situations and have played very similar throughout the season. You have awesome head coaches, Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin. You have a great quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. You have a quarterback in Jared Goff who's ranked 15th, who's actually going to get passed this weekend by Teddy Bridgewater, um, who's average, maybe slightly below average in Jared Goff. You have the top two defenses in the NFL. These two teams are so similar matched up, in my opinion, this year and how they handle opponents, how they play games, how they choke at games. It's very interesting to see that. The bottom line is with the Rams. Or you lost twice to the Niners. You, however, beat out Seattle already once. This has been the inconsistency in the NFL. You have teams winning games that they should win, and then you have teams – getting absolutely blown out in situations that should not have even happened in the first place. I'm picking the Rams only because they beat Seattle once. Oh, the audacity of this, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. And honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, man. And But Mark, I'm going to say it like this. You don't come up. You, you don't go ahead and bounce back from a win against the Jets. So, I'm going to say it like this. Russell Wilson is ready to clinch another NFC West title. Well, he knows that's his division to lose nowadays. He's, and honestly, I'm going to say it like this. Is Arizona gets a lot of help simply because of the fact that at, we, we all know that at Arizona is most likely going to beat San Francisco. And Jake, again, you said it best on Amazon, on Amazon Prime fucking video. Oh, how the hell does that even happen? And I don't even freaking know. Oh, but honestly, I'm gonna say it like this: is I'm going with if the Seahawks. And honestly, like I said, Los Angeles is gonna drop down. On and uh, what's called? Oh, and Arizona's gonna rise. And honestly, I've said it like this: Arizona's been my sleeper team most of this year. Very simply because of the fact that that addition to DeAndre Hopkins and and him and Kyler Murray just clicking has just been a Honestly, has been a weapon, a one-two punch that really hasn't been stopped this season. So I gotta go ahead. I gotta go with, gotta go with Seattle on this one. So, what, gentlemen? We come into the last two games that we got right now. Sunday night football kicking out. Uh, and guys, ironically, that Pittsburgh Indianapolis game we were just talking about that was originally the Sunday night game. Guys, brand new Sunday night game for you guys. Guys. It's going to go ahead. It's going to be in Lambeau Field. We were just talking about them a little bit ago. The number one seed, Green Bay Packers in Lambeau against, as honestly, the best way to describe them, the career killer, or the man deleter, 
or whatever you want to call him, Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. And Jake, I'll start off like this, is how in the world old is this game going to turn out? Is Derrick Henry going to end another man's career? Is Green Bay going to come out on top? What do you got, man? Oh, boy. This is going to be a good Sunday night matchup. Like, I am genuinely excited to see this one pan out. Um, You look over in the NFC, uh, the Packers have already clinched their division. Um, Meanwhile, over in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans haven't even clinched a playoff spot yet. So, you got to look at it based on what holds more weight. And I know I sound like a broken record constantly talking about where the playoff rankings matter. Um, Titans have a little bit more to play for. It's as simple as that. Plus, they could even supersede that three seed. Granted, the Steelers did beat them, but at the same time, I I seriously think that with how this is going, Titans could actually move up to that third seed and knock the Steelers down to number four. So I think they have a lot to play for. Derrick Henry does not care who is in his way. He will throw them to the side like an absolute sack of, of, of pretty much pudding. Like he does not care. He will throw you across the field. So they're on a good roll. The Packers have been doing okay recently. Um, you know, they're Green Bay. They're going to be good. I'm sorry, but to me, whenever I hear the Green Bay Packers, all I hear is success. It just resonates with me. Um, sure, they've had a few blemishes this year, losing to the Colts, losing to the Vikings, losing to the Bucks. Two of those three are playoff contenders. So re- no matter what, they're still a good team. Then they play the Bears to find, uh, round out the season. That's going to be a good matchup. Um, but they're on a four-game winning streak right now. Uh, whereas the Titans, let me pull up theirs real quick. Um, they are, well, they're not favored to win this matchup. So, and you know, I like a good underdog story. So I'm going to take it in this interesting matchup. I'm going to say that the Titans come out on at Lambeau field and win this one only simply because they have more weight. If they win, they have more to play for. Green Bay is just looking to pass time, and I think we're, they're going to start mixing in some of their subs in order to rest some of their starters to prep for the postseason. So give me the Titans in this upsetting victory. Oh, man, I love it. Mark, what, what do you got for us, man? Do you share it, or what, what are you thinking, Mark? No, I absolutely disagree with it. Listen, first of all, the Packers have the 14th-ranked defense, while the Titans have the 24th, so you're already down 10 points on defense. In addition to that, let's jump to your guys' favorite division. Let's talk about the AFC North. Tennessee was able to beat Baltimore. However, they lost to Pittsburgh, they lost to Cleveland, and they lost to Cincinnati by more than 10 points to Cincinnati. Green Bay is a team that you don't bet against, especially when you're right before playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers, that bad man, is on fire. Talked last week about Robert Tanyan. The tight end, he got snubbed for Pro Bowl. This is the tight end, other than Adam Jones for wide receiver, and you're running back up there for Green Bay as well. Rodgers has weapons up there, and if he can hook up with his weapons, you don't need the defense. If Rodgers is hot, you can ride Rodgers. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers to beat the Tennessee Titans. Oh, man, I I love playing. I, I love playing homebreaker for this one or tiebreaker, whatever you want to call it. You know, I, I was originally going to go ahead and I was going to say, let me take a look at the home versus road record. Would you believe me if I told you that Tennessee plays better on the road than they do at home? Tennessee is five and three at home, but they're five and one on the road. But Green Bay is six and one at home and five and two on the road. Oh man, th- this is going to be good. It, for me, it's going to come down to run containment and how you can stop Derrick Henry. And <laughs> we, we've seen it. I had Derrick Henry on my, my fantasy team, and I'm glad I did. It, and honestly, I'm going to say it like this. That there's no stopping that, man. There really isn't. And if you're going to try, make sure that you have the entire defense on standby if you're going to try and tackle him. Because honestly, like Jake said, Ed, Tennessee is going to go ahead Ed, or not even Tennessee, just Derrick Henry's just going to go ahead and he's going to obliterate you if you try and get in his way. Hey, he doesn't care. He did it to Josh Norman, and he did it last week against Detroit. Like, and honestly, Tannehill hasn't been that bad of a quarterback. At, granted, this week he's going to go up against, honestly, in my opinion, 
probably the best quarterback in the NFL in Aaron Rodgers. But honestly, I, I think when it comes down to Green Bay versus is um Detroit or Green Bay versus Tennessee, you're gonna have to go get with the rushing game. And honestly, for Green Bay, eight they've averaged or they've allowed pretty much 110 yards per game. Game that's 11th in the NFL. And honestly, for me, that that's got to be something that's gonna be alarming. But it's gonna be tested this week against Derrick Henry. So I got to go ahead this week. You know what, Jake? I feel like I've been signing with you a lot this episode. And you know what? I'll go ahead. I'll continue that trend. And I think that Tennessee goes ahead and they definitely do take it. It's simply because of the fact that Tennessee or Green Bay knows what they're playing with. And obviously next week against the Bears is going to be a great game. We know that for a fact. But my thing is this, though. They're going to have to turn around. Uh, and they're going to have to actually play well on next week against Chicago and hope that New Orleans struggles against, against Carolina. So this week, I'm going to take Green Bay. A, or I'm taking Tennessee, excuse me. But honestly, Green Bay is going to keep it close, and they're going to make sure that that fight right, lasts to the very end. So, All right, guys. Now we wrap up our games with a very basic one. Guys, Bills first Pats. For the first time ever, for the first time in a long time, the Bills have clinched the AFC East, and the New England Patriots have officially been eliminated. Oh, my goodness. Jake, as a Pittsburgh fan, you must be doing backflips right now. Oh, and honestly, I have a feeling I know where this is going, but however, we know how much Bill Belichick loves to play party pooper and how much he loves to play spoiler does he do it this week for the buffalo bills and does he beat them in new england is that even a fucking question give me the bills nothing about that Belichick, your time of terror has come proves that brady was the catalyst to get you to the playoffs super cam ain't there anymore give me the bills enough said I love it. Mark. The disrespect that this man speaks. Listen, you're talking about a head coach that has appeared in nine Super Bowls, winning six in the past decade and a half. You are talking about a team that has faced a lot this year, and they're at six and eight on Cam Newton, who's on a one-year stint, who was a Super Bowl-appearing quarterback in itself, granted losing to Von Miller and Peyton Manning and in Denver and all that. But listen, New England is still dangerous. Buffalo can absolutely not be paying attention and take a loss this week. Let's see. Buffalo has three losses on the season. Hmm. Who did Buffalo lose to this season? Oh, they lost to Tennessee. They lost to the Chiefs, who they're going to see again in the playoffs. Oh, and they also lost to the Arizona Cardinals. And he only beat the Jets by 10 points. Mm-hmm. No, nope, I'm not liking this. Listen, the last time you played the Patriots, by the way, you only beat them by a field goal. And that was at your stadium. Now you're at New England. Uh, New England gets the win this weekend over the upset. You've got to be oh. fucking kidding me. Really? Oh, really? my God. I'm, I'm losing it. I didn't think I was going to have to play Peacemaker. Oh, my goodness. I love this. Is man, I you know, I, I feel like I've been taking Jake's side all day, but I feel like this one, this one, I'm taking his side simply because of the fact that I, I, I know where it's going, but more that dude, that's shocking me a little bit. All right, I, you know what, I'm gonna say it like this Buffalo's in the driver's seat, Buffalo's on a high right now. Oh, they've beaten San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and the Broncos over the past couple weeks, and the Chargers. Their last loss came against against the Cardinals in Week 10, right before their bye week. Honestly, I'm going to say it like this. With a matchup looming against the Dolphins, honestly, I'm going to say it like this. I think the Bills go ahead. They do beat New England. But I got a little present for you guys for next week for when they face the Dolphins. And might spoil that in the end, but might go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead. I'll keep it to myself for now. But 
that's going to wrap it up for the games, guys. Now, guys, as we all know, fantasy football wrapping up very soon, guys. Guys, let's go ahead. And a lot of people, they're in their championship week for for sleepers and busts and for fantasy football in general. Jake, I know you're in your championship week. So, Jake, give me a week 16 sleeper that a lot of people should actually be paying attention to for their championship week. All right. So, for your championship team, well, first I want to preface I'm in two championships out of three leagues I'm in. So, I want to pat myself on the back right there. Um, But – I'll give you a few, just, you know, just Merry Christmas to Christmas gift. Give you a few. Uh, that's on my mind. T Y Hilton Pittsburgh has been playing shit on the secondary. They haven't been covering receivers too well. If it proved it against Ryan Finley, it'll prove it against Philip rivers. But I think T Y Hilton's going to break out. He had a good game last week, uh, four catches, 71 yards. Um, and that was against the Houston Texans. I know a little bit of lackadaisical, but over the past two weeks before that against uh, Houston again in Las Vegas, he averaged 25 points, 50 total points between these two, two weeks. I think he's going to be a big sleeper. Uh, for the for my second sleeper, I got to go with Kyler Murray. He's going up against San Francisco. He's back to his old ways, 33 points last week in PPR leagues and ESPN. Um, and for my bust this week, oh boy. And I hope this comes true because I am facing him in my fantasy championship from my money league, the one that matters. I'm going to say Derrick Henry has a cold game. He is, I know he, I just went about how well he's been doing so far, but I'm saying this solely because he's, I'm facing him this week (laughs) against Cleveland. He had 5.9 points and they're going up against green Bay's defense, which is similar to Cleveland's in terms of quality. They're a hard pressing team. It's not going to be an easy feat. He could toss people aside as as much as he wants, but this Cleveland defense is no joke. I'm going to say this week, a surprise sleeper is going, or a surprise bust is going to be Derrick Henry. Oh man. I, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that my fantasy league is over. Mark, you were in that league, man. So, Oh, but Hey, you never know. Mark, I'll go ahead. I'll turn it over to you, man. You and me are technically done with fantasy football, but just like Jake and and a bunch of others, a couple people might, might not be. So who do you got for a fantasy sleeper and bust for me? Listen, I'm going to throw out three names for sleepers. You guys do your research. I'm, I'm not going to be playing, uh, doing your stats for you since I did not make do well in my playoffs. You guys do your research. You tell me what you think. Listen, Le'Veon Bell, now you got Clyde Edwards, he is now injured for the Kansas City Chiefs. Le'Veon Bell is a great option, only rostered right now in a uh, 77.7% of leagues. Robert Tanyan, tight end, Green Bay. Listen, again, a tight end rostered only in 83% of leagues. This guy's averaging well over 10 points a game. The last one I'm going to mention to you is this is more of a stretch flex option is Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver, Cleveland Browns. Listen, I touched on you guys with you guys earlier when we started this podcast a couple of weeks ago. Listen, Donovan Peoples-Jones, over the past three games facing Tennessee, Baltimore, and the New York Giants, has eight receptions, averaging 27.6 yards per reception and one touchdown. And he has an extremely favorable matchup this week against the New York Jets, who have ranked 28th defense. Granted, they just beat the Rams. Listen, Donovan Peoples-Jones, if you're looking for a flex option, is a great option out there. Rostered in less than uh, 1% of leagues right now. Definitely available. Listen, for my busts, I'm going to take a little bit of a different angle on this. I'm going to say both Carson Wentz and Nick Foles for my busts will not see the field for the rest of the regular season this year. You had two quarterbacks who were supposed to be the people of these franchises. Chicago went out and specifically acquired Nick Foles in this offseason. Carson Wentz was selected over Nick Foles to lead the Philadelphia franchise. Both of them have been absolutely terrible. Nick Foles ranked 34th quarterback in the NFL 11 touchdowns eight interceptions in eight games so he's averaging an interception per each game and the Bears are seven and seven granted Mitch Trubisky has better stats than that 14 touchdowns six interceptions and two fumbles and he's ranked 30th and he's played not as many games as Nick Foles back to touching Carson Wentz 21 touchdowns but that's 15 interceptions and four fumbles in the NFC least the worst division their last at four and nine then you have Jalen Hurts right now. One interception, one fumble. Great with the ball security. Smart with the ball. Has 16 touchdowns. And then you got to mention Carson Wentz's locker room presence. Oh, he doesn't want to be there if he can't you know, be the starting quarterback. Self-centered attention. We had warning signs of this. Philadelphia had warning signs of this. 
when it was Super Bowl time and they decided, okay, we're going to deal with locker room issues and all this stuff where Carson has to be the center of attention and we're going to deal with that and we're going to ship Nick Foles off. It came around and it bit them. You need to move on from Carson Wentz and the Bears. Nick Foles is not your answer. You should have extended Mitch Trubisky and you didn't do that. You had your chance. Both of you failed. Bust. Philadelphia and Chicago, Carson and Nick. Oh, man. I, I love it. I love it. So I'm going to go ahead. Let, let me go ahead. Let me give my bust. My sleepers and bust. And my sleeper, I'm, I'm going to keep it traditional. I'm going to keep it one, guys. Uh, is I know we've been breaking tendencies, giving everybody gifts. But unfortunately, guys, I got to go ahead. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay with my one and one. And so my bust this week is going to go ahead. And it's actually going to be the New England defense. And hear me out on this one. Um, personally, I think it like this. Josh Allen and the Bills are on cloud nine right now. How they are playing out of their mind. They're playing like they can't do anything wrong. And I think for Belichick, as much as he's pissed off and everything, I think that Belichick is actually going to turn around and he's going to be relaxed. He's not going to care. Belichick is going to struggle this game against the Bills. He has to win two games to be 500. It, which we we I don't think we've ever said that about a Bill Belichick game, game or more or less a team. They face the Jets next week at home in Foxborough, but they got to beat the Bills this week to go 500. And honestly, I'm going to say it like this. If it's one thing that the Bills would absolutely love to do, who is ensure that the Patriots don't go 500. And I'm pretty sure Sean McDermott would have no problem doing that. So I'm going to say it like this is give me the Patriots defense as a bust this week. So, and then for my sleeper, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going with another wide receiver. I feel like that's a common case for me. I'm going with the wide receiver that I honestly believe is going to have a huge game this week. He is going to be a guy that honestly gets targeted a lot, uh, will do a lot for his squad and play a very key factor and a game that isn't going to be looked at as much, but it's going to be the Giants wide receivers core, or it's going to be Darius Slayton. Honestly, with the injury to uh, Golden Tate and him being questionable, honestly, I'm going to say it like this. I think Darius Slayton has a fantastic game. I think that he's able to take apart this Ravens secondary, the Ravens cornerbacks. And honestly, if Colt McCoy is behind center, you can definitely bet that Darius Slayton is going to be getting a ton of targets and a lot of reps this week that he should be getting in. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going with Darius Slayton. So, all right, guys. So wrapping up very last segment for this episode, guys, hot takes and guys throwing this kicker in, in since we're doing another episode in a little bit, guys, NFL only. Jake, hit me with your hot take. NFL only. All right. Here's a good one for you guys. You know how the Bengals just beat the Steelers? Well, I think that was the kick in the seat that they needed. They faced the Texans, and then they faced the Ravens. Momentum's on their side. Call me crazy. The Bengals went out the rest of the year. I, You know what? I didn't even look at, at the schedule for the Ravens. I didn't even think of that. Or for the Bengals. I like that hot take. Mark, hit it with me. NFL only hot take. I can tell you that there's a variety of, of interesting hot takes that are around the league. Listen, I told you over the past few weeks that Cleveland is a team you shouldn't be sleeping on. A lot of people have, and now they're showing up. I'm going to give you one that I just touched on earlier. The disrespect that is being put on New England right now is unreal. This is a team that has a top 10 defense in the NFL right now, and they're sitting at six and eight. By the way, who, who are their last two games? You have Buffalo, which, which is a winnable game, especially since you're at home. And then you have the New York Jets. New England is going to win out and finish at 500 this year. That is the hot take. Man, you guys are going with finishing out and everything like that. And just, man, I I don't know how to feel about this. I don't know. I like it, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know how to feel about it. Um. You know what? My hot take is going to be simple. It's going to go out to the NFC East. And I feel like we haven't, and if we haven't touched on the NFC East enough, um, I'm going to say it like this is I think that the, uh, 
I think the Washington football team, I think everybody in the NFC East, in a way, loses out. Oh, in other words, I think Carolina beats Washington this week. And I think that uh, the representative from the NFC East is not a 500 ball club. Oh, so I think we get another NFL team that's below 500 coming into the playoffs offs, as a four seed with a home field advantage, whether it's the Giants or the Red or the Washington football team or even the Dallas Cowboys. East for that matter, or for, or you know what, for fuck's sake, ache, the Eagles still have a shot. So whichever one it may be, who knows? But guys, that's going to go ahead. That's going to wrap it up for us here on episode one of two ooh, that we're going to be recording. Guys, once again, we want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. If you do listen to this one and then the second one separately, we hope you have a great holiday. Hope Santa brings everything for you guys. guys for Jake and Mark, this has been JT. Guys, we will talk to you guys. Thank you.